Being a real estate agent can be demanding. Being a mom, now that's even more challenging. Now being a mom in real estate, now that is hard. Today we're talking to uh, makeup producing moms. I'd like to introduce you to Lisette Lent. Hello. She is a $4 million producer and has been in real estate for six years. And then right here is Shamra Harrison. She is $9.5 million. If you saw her, if you were reading that and it said seven, it's because she doesn't know how much business she does. <laughs> she does more than she thought. And she's in her third year of real estate. Is that right? And then Jen Gould. Jen Gould is over six million in production, and she's been five years in real estate, right? So I think this month you have like almost three million dollars closing. Yeah, it's crazy. That is crazy. <laughs> what a blessing. What a blessing. So you guys are going to be so encouraged today um, because really all three of these ladies have extraordinary stories and extraordinary circumstances, but yet they are successful and um, full of joy. So I'm really excited to get started. So let's meet your kids. Lisette, you have um, four kids. We have Andrew, who's 20, right? Yeah. Bella, 16. 16. Noah, who's 12, who's naughty, Yes. right? Yeah. And Maggie Hope, yes. who's 10. Yes. Okay, and then Shamra, you have two daughters. And let's see, Melanie. Melanie's 17 and Madison's 19. And then you have Aiden, yeah. who is 10, right? 11. 11. 11. So let's start with Lisette. Tell us about your children. Uh, okay, so my oldest, Andrew, um, he is going to be 21 in August. I know. Um, and he is an airman in the United States Air Force. He's stationed out of um, Hill Air Force Base in Utah and waiting for our first deployment, which I'm not happy about, I'm not excited about, but I'm, I'm excited for him. This is a, a new um, challenge for him, and excited and proud of him. So um, that's, he's my oldest, and then I have Bella, who's 16, and Bella is um, incredible. She's like my best friend. She is, uh, her and I have this um, incredible relationship. She's on the ballroom team for her school, and she's, she's so cool. Yeah, she's, how did she get into that? Um, you know, the, the school that she goes to provided it, and she, she had to try out for the team, and she's been on the team three years, and she's absolutely stunning when she dances. She does that every time. Oh so it's, it's fun to watch, yeah. Um, and then Noah Perfect. is my 12-year-old. He is he's a typical 12-year-old boy um, into, you know, Fortnite and all the Xbox games, but yet um, he's super rambunctious, but he has got the the softest, kindest heart, and he still sits next to me on the couch and wants to hold my hand sometimes, and you know, still tells me I'm beautiful when I get ready, and asks me how my day is. He's just the sweetest thing. But you just have to order them at that age. That I you know. Can, you can't stop doing that. <laughs> I know, and it's I have. Yes, I did. Right. Yeah. I have. Um, and then Maggie. Maggie Hope is. She just turned ten on Mother's Day, um, which was a really, really significant. Um, you know. 10-year birthday for me, um, and I don't know how in-depth you want me to go about into Maggie right yes, now. Yes, okay. I, I really want each of you to give the audience just a flavor of um, all your, your whole family, but in particular your special needs child, okay. and the background and the history, so we can get to know you better. Okay, 
so I'll try to keep 10 years really short here. So um, when, I was, <laughs> when I was 17 weeks pregnant, I found out that, um, well, I wasn't planning to have any more children after Noah. Um, I was, we were done. Um, I had um, just, I had my life kind of where I wanted it to be. There was some challenges going on at home, and I just was, I was done. Um, found out that I was pregnant with Miss Maggie. Um, at 17 weeks pregnant, I was all excited to go. Finally, was like getting my head wrapped around having another baby. Um, went to my routine ultrasound to find out that my baby's brain, heart, and kidneys weren't forming properly. Um, and the news from there, you know, we're going to watch you closely. And the news from there got more and more grim as the um, months of my pregnancy went moved on, um, was put on bed rest, was, um, you know, just kind of touch and go. We were told if she survived the pregnancy at all that we would um, be faced with a lot of health, health problems. Nobody could really tell us at that time what was going on. We just knew that after she was born, she'd have to have immediate brain um, shunt placed in her brain because she had hydro, um, hydrocephalus. Yeah, water out in the brain, and then um, that she was going to need immediate heart, open heart surgery. Um, so we just kind of those moments were super dark and, and desperate and really scary. And um, just in those moments, you have this realization that your your life is not um, what you expected it was going to be. Right? I mean, you have these moments of panic and fear and um, anxiety and anger and you kind of, as much as I adored this baby living inside of me, I also had, and I'm just going to get real here, I had moments of resentment because I was like, you know, here I've got these three children at home and I'm not home with them, I'm in the hospital and my youngest Noah wasn't even two, he was a baby and I couldn't pick him up, I couldn't play with him, I couldn't, you know, I couldn't be home with him and it was devastating to me and, um, and but yet again, but then I had these feelings of that mom guilt that we all get, which is really gross. And I was like, oh my gosh, how could I be thinking this way? And um, just had this conflict, this inner turmoil. Um, and I had this moment in the hospital room where I had a clear um, voice that spoke to me and said that her name would be Hope. And so um, I named her Maggie Hope. And she was born, and she is a perfect reflection of her name. She has defied all the odds, and she has lived a very difficult life, and she's been in therapy her entire life. Um, at one point, therapy five days a week. At one point, seeing over 21 specialists, um, in and out of the hospital, surgeries. Um, but man, this little girl, she comes into a room and she demands everybody's attention. She is, um, she's amazing, and she has brought hope to so many people out there. And so, um, when I look at her life and I look at the struggles that she's had and the struggles I've had as a mom, and I say that it's worth it because we've been able to, her life has um, been able to bring hope to other moms out there who haven't had the same story as us, who haven't had the successes that we've had. Um, so Maggie's had, um, she never had to have heart surgery. Um, her doctors say she's a walking miracle because after she was born, um, she was too weak to have heart surgery. And so they're like, we're just going to get her to where she needs to be, and then we'll do the heart surgery. And every six month visits turn into a year, annual visits that turn into three year visits now. And her doctor is just blown away that her heart's doing what it's doing. 
Um, she never had to have the shunt placed in her brain. She didn't? No, she did not. They said when she was in utero, they said there is clearly fluid on her brain, and when she was born after MRIs, there was no fluid. We couldn't find anything. That's awesome. So um, she is, yeah, so literally a walking miracle, and she's had a lot of, you know, people supporting her, supporting her and praying for her throughout the years, and, you know, she's, She's done awesome, but she has had to have, she was too fed for three years, she was failure to thrive, she just decided one day she didn't want to eat anymore. Um, and, you know, after three years of um, me being a mom that constantly smelled like vomit because she was, had really bad GI reflux, and it was just like, we would go through one challenge, and we'd be like, okay, we got through this one, and then all of a sudden, maybe slapped in the face with another one, we're like, okay, this is the next one, and let's, how do we keep moving forward? And there's those moments where you just feel like, um, there's moments where you just feel defeated, like a lot. And um, But I always had something inside of me, always just had this um, need to persevere and push through and be like, Tenacity. Yeah. I just felt like I can either, mm -hmm. um, I can either be depressed and be sad and, and woe is me, or I can get out of bed and I can say, nope, today's a new day and I'm, we're going to attack today and we're going we're gonna to get whatever we need done today to, to ensure that, that her life is, um, you know, has meaning and purpose and is full. Yeah. All of you guys actually um, in our talks before expressed feelings like that you didn't like, you know, that, uh, and, and I don't think, I know you're not alone. We all have those feelings regardless of our situations, but I'm sure they're exacerbated when you're in situations as difficult as trying to care for a special needs child. Chamber, you had mentioned all kinds of things. Tell us a little bit about your children. So, um, Melanie's 17, and I, just a normal pregnancy, I'm with her. Um, I always wanted to have them kind of close my kids, or excuse me, I'm starting to have some. Madison's 19, so when I was in the military at the time, um, normal pregnancy, you know, going through, um, just went in for general blood tests, um, and they called me at work, actually, and said, this blood test came back um, positive for, you know, it could be spina bifida or Down syndrome, they don't know, but these tests aren't always accurate, you know, they told me, so we just want you to come back in and talk about doing an amniocentesis um, just to find out what's going on. So, I, of course, immediately rushed down to the doctor. I'm like, what are you talking about? You know, what is this? And um, they calmed me down, and so finally just said, you know, we, we just want to check this next step. These are the possibilities. But again, these tests are, you know, always inaccurate. So I'm by myself, because my husband at the time was overseas, because he was military too. And my mom, luckily, well, nobody could be with me at the amniocentesis, and that was kind of the scariest thing. I bet that was. You're looking at your baby moving around and you're looking at this needle and you're just like, oh, oh my gosh. gosh, yeah, it's pretty scary. So, and then there's that waiting period, you know, because they have to grow the cells and they have to see what's going on. Um, so you're just on pins and needles going, what, what's going on? My mom was able to fly down with me when I got the news and, um, emotional. <laughs> I'm super emotional, but when it came back, it was like, okay, you go through that grieving period, you know, like, okay, this is, not going to be the normal life that I thought it was going to have. And um, everybody was so supportive, though. It was like amazing. Being in the military, I was getting 
flowers from everybody to let me have all this time off. And, um, but it took a little while. And it took like probably only a week for me to really kind of go, okay, now I need to figure out the next steps. Um, so I immediately just immersed myself in like support groups because I'm like, I need to know what this is going to be like. What's my life going to look like? And went to see all these little kids and the parents playing around, you know, and it was like, oh, this is not that bad. This is not going to be that bad. It's going to be, it's going to be fun. Um, so went through, had a completely, you know, normal pregnancy. Um, she was actually breech and they thought they were going to have to do a C-section and they actually went in and tried to manually turn her and she's like, no, she's stubborn. She still is to this day. Um, yeah, so I'm literally laying at home the, the night before the C-section is scheduled and she just decides she's going to turn around, full turn baby. Um, it felt like, oh my gosh, what's going on? So I went in there, said so she's ready, you know, but completely normal, you know, everything was normal. And then um, I get her home three days after and she just got really, really sick. And so took her to the hospital. Um, they couldn't figure out, they couldn't draw blood from her because her veins were so small. And finally they were able to, and she had necrotizing endocolitis, which is basically like gangrene of the stomach. Oh, um, she basically swallowed uh, like bacteria in the birth canal. And so here's my baby in the NICU. They are doing antibiotics and she's the biggest baby in there. And there's all these little tiny mm -hmm. premature babies. And I'm like, I can't touch her, I can't hold her, um, which is really hard. And then, she went through that, no surgeries, you know, it was pretty amazing. But it was just, and it was going through like that beginning period, everything was completely like it would be after that, you know, after getting through that, um, just like it would be with a normal child. The delays didn't really start showing up until um, like, you know, when normal, when normal kids crawl or walk, she, it would take her maybe a year you know, to get to that point, um, I started immediately doing like therapies and all the things that I could do just to prepare her. Um, and then I decided I wanted to have another child because I wanted to have them close together. I wanted her to have a sibling that she could look up to and kind of, you know, aspire with and just a little best friend. So that was probably one of the smartest things that I did because it did, you know, it, it kept Madison trying to, you know, achieve more. Well, a lot of people would have just had so much fear yeah. that they may not have made that decision. So what a brave decision. Right. And, you know, and that's the thing, too, because I was only 23, 24 at the time. And typically it's, you know, parents mm -hmm. or moms that are in their 40s, they always say. So it was very, very uncommon. They did all the genetic testing on both of us, and it was just, it's just a fluke thing, mm -hmm. you know. Um, but... So having Melanie, you know, and I didn't think probably it all the way through because here's Madison who's delayed in walking and carrying her on my hip and I'm carrying another one, in, you know, in the little carrier and like, oh my gosh, exhausting, you know. Going you said there. you were the strongest then. The yeah, <laughs> I was. <laughs> so, but, you know, just taking them all of physical therapies and, you know, all the things that you do just to be proactive and it was, it was a lot, but um, I wouldn't change it for the world, like she's amazing and just getting her involved, and I think the biggest piece of that is just keeping them involved and doing things. And I always said, I'm not going to treat her any different. You know, she's going to be just like any other child. And um, you know, in doing that, I think she has grown a lot more than she probably would have if I would have catered to her special need. You know, her special needs more. 
Um, but she's in high school now. She's like one of the most popular kids in high school. That's right. Everybody's like, Madison, Madison. Mm-hmm. You know, Oh, she's delightful. <laughs> oh, she is. She's hilarious. She loves dance. She loves music. And she's been doing cheerleading. And there's just so many to keep her in a lot of activity. She's very social. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's those struggles of still having to do so much for her because it's not, it's almost like having a toddler in some ways, even though she's very, she's high functioning, but um, I always have to watch her. You know, she can't do, she can't want to walk by herself. She can't be by herself because A, being taken advantage of as a teen is one of those things that I always have to worry about. Um, but even showering, you know, making her lunch and setting up her clothes. And so all of those things that I have to do, it just that you wouldn't normally have to do. I get a lot of help from her sister. Her sister's amazing. And I think having, and you can probably attest to this too, having a sibling that has special needs makes them so much more like, I don't know, even just compassionate. Yeah. Um, Nurturing is probably huge. Yeah, she's way more advanced than kids her age. This and do this, I just don't understand it. And so she's way more mature than she would be as a typical son. Well, I'm sure that there's such a perspective change than, you know, the, the other kids observe the difficulties right. and appreciate just the little things, probably. I mean, a typical teenager doesn't have to deal with any of that. Right. You put a family together that has to pull together like that, and it's nothing but strengthening on a normal basis, as long as you've got strong leaders like the two of you. And I'm telling you, I love your story. So (laughs) I just want to tell for you. But um, tell the story of, first let's talk about Aiden and what's going on with him and a little history. But then go give the backstory. Sorry, I'm recovering a little uh, voice situation. Um, So Aiden is 11, he will be 12 in July. Um, he is on the spectrum. He uh, is high functioning. He, um, I see a lot of him in, in, in your windows, um, just as far as um, you know, you know, like showering and, and, and not going on a walk. I'm like, uh huh, uh huh, uh huh. But he, so we're from Alaska. We moved in 2012. Um, we are from a little island town, 8,500 people and 14 miles of paved road. So as you can imagine, um, not a whole lot of specialists, not a whole lot of um, services, you know, just in general. And on top of 125 inches of rain a year, not a whole lot of even like outdoor um, fun um, things to do. So we moved here um, to just have a better life for him, um, better services for him, uh, and it's just been absolutely amazing. Um, I, I always, you know, when you, you do, I'm just like sitting here and just my mind is, is, is going uh, 100 miles a minute, but you know, with like, you know, things, the grief you went through, and so obviously autism isn't, isn't a blood test, isn't a, you know, I didn't know, um, pregnancy is overrated, so that's why the only reason I only had one. Um, <laughs> and butterflies. So, um, it's, it's definitely not. Um, so, um, you know, we had, my husband and I have been together since I was 15, high school sweethearts, 
we went to college together, graduated, bought a house, you know, got our jobs, like literally like everything that you're by the book and supposed to do. You know, everything was right, everything was, you know, the plan. And then like, um, so backstory, my um, my degree is in child development, and all through college, um, I was a nanny for a kiddo on the spectrum. And just by crazy, I mean, like, state or luck or whatever you want to call it. Um, so with all of those experiences, when I had Aiden, um, you know, I was seeing things, obviously. Everybody else was telling me, he's a boy, he talks, you know, boys talk later, oh, he's fine, oh, da 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 you know, like, I don't know, you know, you know, and you know, trying to do this little mental checklist, and, you know, it's not something that you want to be like, oh, yeah, okay, you know what I mean, like, yeah, that makes sense, you know, so everybody was, you know, kind of pushing us off, and finally, you know, we got, um, you know, started with early intervention and things like that, and, you know, with other, um, you know, friends had kiddos that were younger, and, you know, Spouting out sentences and doing other things, and you know, you people start changing their tune, and you know. But as a parent, they're like, "What did I do wrong? Like, I had this plan." And That's what really this, struck me. You know, like you what? Broke like, my heart that you have to go through <laughs> that feeling. And I was like, you know, I've gone through that. See, I'm having, I'm having water now. But usually, this is iced tea, and then I, I, I um, like, maybe it's like equal. Like, I should be having equal. Oh, maybe yeah. it was this. I shouldn't be doing this. So you know, you're like going through all this stuff, and like, you know, what if I would have done this, or what if I would have done that? I mean, because like, and I don't know if it's better or worse. It's just different that like, because you don't know where it came from. You know, it's not a genetic thing. It's not like like diabetes, and you can test for it. You can, you know, it's it's not like a medical, you know, procedure that you test for. It. You know, it's more, um, you know, psychological and, and things. So um, it, it was just very, very just challenging to try to try to figure out. But we're trying to. I think in your mind, when we were talking, you were trying to just justify like where's the answer yeah like, what what could have happened did I have control did I exactly you know, could I all of those feelings are are really hard and I I have observed in my conversations with all three of you that although I think it's human to have those kinds of thoughts and feelings that you didn't let that uh, spoil the child no. or your relationship with your children or the joy that you have as a mom and I think that's extraordinary I really do um, and, and, oh, by the way, you sell a lot of real estate. <laughs> you know what I mean? All of your circumstances are just riddled with um, things that most of us will never have to deal with. But you guys are, I mean, literally, every time I got the phone with one of you, I was filled with joy. It's just your, your great attitude and your perspective. I mean, Jen, when you were in Alaska, you had to fly. What, like, uh, so we, so the... Um Obviously, like I said, we don't have a lot of providers. So Aiden and I, at one point, were flying from Sitka to Anchorage, which is three hours, uh, every Wednesday, to go um, Thursday and Friday for OT and PT, and then fly back and and just to get speech and occupational therapy, just because I mean, it, it I mean, and 
silent, like you don't, you don't have these you don't have, you don't have that, and, you know, and one or two was right before this, when he was in preschool, before he had started kindergarten, I just wanted to make sure that, um, you know, as, as ready as he could be for, for kindergarten, that we, and we did it for, over a year. That's a, that's a lot. Like, you know, yeah. two nights in the hotel, I, I had my little uh, prep desk worker had us in the same room every time, and, you know, they knew us and everything, and we almost had the bag packed always, you know, just left in the corner, and every Wednesday night we'd hop on a flight, and so it was... Yeah, I know, and, and the way, I'll give you an example of the way that these ladies think. I, I wrote this down because um, Lisette said to me, or wrote it, maybe you wrote it down, I'm not sure. You said, my life is a beautiful swirl of colors and flavors. That like makes me want to cry right now, <laughs> right this very second. I mean, that's right there. If that's any glimpse into your character and your heart, which I think you all possess, it's beautiful. Um, and, I'm, uh, and I'm overwhelmed. I'm overwhelmed. It makes me sometimes go, I have nothing to complain about at all, you know? Not that that's a bad thing. That's the funny thing. I think all of you look at it not as this loaning bad thing in your life, but rather your life <laughs> and where God has placed you. And obviously you're worthy of the responsibility and the, and the huge challenge of having this life with your children. It's awesome. I love it. Um, Lisette, you love to travel. I do. You like your crazy travel. Yeah. <laughs> so I tell am. a little bit about that. That's fine. <clears throat> well, um, I just got back from, from Europe. I was in Greece and Rome um, for 10 days. Um, I have a trip coming up to New York in a few weeks with my daughter for her 16th birthday. We're going to New York and DC. You're with your best friend. With my best friend. <laughs> with my bestie. Um, and then we're, I'm going to Boston in September. I'm going to Vegas in July. So honestly, I, it's probably, people ask me like, wow, how do you travel so much? I've got a lot of support. I have a lot of family. My family's all local. Um, my ex is here and his family's all local. So we have a lot of support. Um, and honestly, I just feel like it's what I need to do. I, um, I'm just a free spirit. I'm a free spirit. I love to explore and travel. And, and I think it's kind of, it's therapeutic for me. It's, it's my time to get away and decompress and find myself so that I can be the best version of myself for my kids. Um, so sometimes they come with me, but, but sometimes, a lot of times they don't. <laughs> so, yeah. That's super healthy. You've got to find the things that you do for yourself. You're going to go on a super hike soon. Yeah. What is it? Tell us about that. Hapsu pie. So it's been on my bucket list, something I've been wanting to do. Um, I've been training for it. It's like hiked, I think, 22 miles last week. Um, but, yeah. What is when is that? It's at the end of this month. Soon. So, soon. That's soon. exciting. Yeah, I don't know if I'm quite ready yet, but you know, I think it'll be a lot of fun. So I'm really excited for that. That's fun. Um, I think most of you in your real estate career, if we go back to your real estate career for a little bit, mostly referral. Um, I'm not sure you're. No, you're doing a lot of advertising and prospecting. But are you, are you at that point? Now. Now you uh, are. I That's mean, how you started. When I moved here, the only person I knew was our realtor. She sure heck wasn't giving me any <laughs> <laughs> But, um, so yeah, early on I did, I did Buffini really early on and, and you know, started doing Popeyes just with my neighborhood and things like that. And then just really now I'm at, well, a couple years ago, I'm finally at the, Fear is big enough to, you know, really start to start seeing that crazy tree at the ranches, you know, branching off. But 
Um, you know, I do a lot of um, parties and, and, and gatherings. And You're really personal with your clients. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I do a lot of big charity events and with my clients and things, so it's pretty awesome. That's awesome. Shamra, when did you move here? What year? I moved here five years ago. Okay, so did you have a sphere when you came here? No. So the sixteen million that you do now just kind of it, it just kind of came to you in your third year, um, right? It was easy. No, <laughs> not <laughs> easy at all. Um, basically, through advertising and then kind of like what she said too, um, I would do a lot of parties and groups or go to like get on back to your friends and find groups and just be like I'm gonna go to that to meet some people and um, so that was kind of a big thing for me. But mostly, mostly advertising and I do it like Zillow. Pretty, um, yeah, I've gotten a lot of business from Zillow, and then from those Zillow leads, get, got, getting referrals mm -hmm. and things too. So, um, but yeah, I'm a pretty outgoing person too as well. And you fit all, all you ladies, you just fit all this stuff in a day. <laughs> yeah. I wish you told me you don't sleep. Is it you? Know, you don't sleep. No. <laughs> I, um, yeah, I'm pretty much up at like 6, 6.30 in the morning. Um, sometimes my kids will be really nice and they'll let me sleep till 7. And then I don't go to bed till like midnight. I, I just, I can't after my day, I'm either still working or um, I just need time to like veg and let my brain just like, you know. So if it's just me like sitting in my bed like watching garbage on TV, like mm -hmm. my reruns of Grey's Anatomy and all that, like, Grey's Anatomy is garbage because it's awesome, but, um, <laughs> you know, just like allowing my brain to just calm um, and then finally I can like, fall asleep, but yeah, I don't sleep much. So I do have a question for all of you because, and I apologize, I know I'm going to hit a nerve, but you totally impressed me when we were talking and, and I said, you know, I hear all of these struggles and then you said something that made me go, wow. And you said, my, one of my hardest things to think about to really process through and can't make myself, let myself stay there is what does my future look like? Right. What does the future of my child look like? And what does that mean in our lives? Right. If you would, would you speak to that a little bit? You, any of you, all of you? So for, for me, I mean, I've always just kind of thought, well, she's just going to be with me for the rest of her life. You know, like, that's okay. I've accepted that. Um, but as she gets older, like, she's just such a personal person. And she, myself and my husband aren't going to be enough for her, you know, to keep her busy and to keep her happy. And, like, in my mind, I'm like, oh, I want her to have a relationship. She's boy crazy just like any other teenage girl. You know, she, she just... She wants all the things that a normal teenager would want, and so, and I want that for her. You know, I want her to have a relationship. Um, but in in my mind, like the ultimate goal, I think, would be to have a house with a casita and her have a roommate. You yeah. know, and then she'd have a companion there forever. So, but yeah, it is. It's it's challenging to think about that. That um, you know, but then I'll always have a best friend. So you know, it's kind of like yeah, but it's exciting. It's scary. Same thing with me. I've always said I'm gonna get a house with a guest house in the back or because uh, uh, you just know that like um, Maggie's the same way. She has so much personality. It's, it's mind blowing. Most kids, you know, you have to like pull them out of their shell. With Maggie, it's like I have to be like stranger danger, <laughs> like personal boundaries, you know. Um, so, but the same thing. Maggie is boy crazy. Like she loves boys, and and I know that one day. It's, it's hard, it's scary. And I, you know, I've set a plan out for my kids from a young age um, that like, you know, as I got older and as their dad got older, eventually the responsibility would be 
on them to help care for her. Um, but Maggie's also grown leaps and bounds and like what we thought before was definitely not where we're at now. I mean, um, she's doing amazing. I don't, do I think she'll ever live independently? No, I don't. Um, so my kids kind of know, the boys know um, that, you know, financially they're going to have to step up to the plate at one point to help um, their sister Isabella, Bella take, because Bella already knows that Maggie's going to, when I get older, Maggie will be with her. Um, and so she's funny because she wants to be a surgeon. And so she's like, well, I got to go, you know, I've got to go to medical school, medical school, I get all my stuff done so that, you know, when Maggie comes into the house when you're older. And so it's just cool how we've had these, we've had these conversations. The kids know where, you know, eventually we'll land. Yeah. Um, but it is hard and it is scary. And, you know, um, doctors have told me that she should not, you know, have a baby ever. And, um, and maybe she can't, and that's devastating for me because she loves me. You know, there's so many alternatives. I know. It's just there's just those moments that you hear certain things, and like I told you, um, I try not to with her genetic disorder. Um, it's very broad. The spectrum is very broad, um, and it affects children so differently. So about once a year, I go on, I do some research, remind myself, okay, this is what I'm looking at. Has anything changed? Has anything changed with Maggie in the year? Oh, that seems you know familiar. And then I have to shut it down because I can't stay in that moment with all this grim stuff. Because I'm like, nope, her story looks different, you know, than that. Um, so even with what you know, I'm being told, I just have to go. Okay, her future is only what <laughs> she's giving me. What is this? Well, I have a red glasses on. Aren't they cute? With their red glasses. <laughs> okay, so I wrote a children's book. Uh -oh. Oh, they're not so different after all. <laughs> and I started um, a company called Red Glasses Productions. Maggie wears red glasses, so I wear red glasses to mirror her. And um, it's to help raise awareness for kids with special needs. And I wrote this book called We're Not So Different After All. And the book talks, it's written in the perspective of Noah, her brother. And it talks to children about the differences and similarities and how sometimes um, seeing somebody that looks and acts differently, it can be scary, you know, and it challenges kids and helps them to understand that their feelings are normal. It's okay to be scared. It's okay to be anxious. It's okay to be, um, to be angry, to not understand somebody that looks or acts differently than them. But it shows them that the differences, their similarities outweigh their differences. So we wear red glasses. The eighth of every month is red glasses day because Maggie has trisomy eight. Um, so we wear red glasses on the eighth of every month. These are now prescription because I'm getting older, but I used to wear the red glasses and I used to pop the lenses out so people would really be like, what is this? Why are you wearing glasses with no lenses in them? So it really gave me the opportunity to share that. Um, I sit on the board of directors for Southwest Human Development, which is um, a nonprofit here in the state, the largest dedicated to early childhood development. Um, and so they have walked alongside me throughout this as well. So we've gotten to meet with the Suns and the Diamondbacks and um, Kurt Warner. We've got some of those people to wear our red glasses, Jude Lacava. Um, and so we, we started this kind of red glasses movement. So, so she said, Lisette told me that um, poor Maggie, she's never going to get another color of glasses. No. <laughs> so she's going to be like, Mom, I want some black glasses. And nope. Sorry. Red glasses for you. All you need to wear is red glasses. Um, okay, I did have another thing that I wanted to mention. I didn't want to blow it. Hold on. 
It'll come back to me, maybe. Okay, we do have some questions. Um, okay, this is a good question. I should have thought of it myself. Um, the audience wants to know what you personally feel like your biggest challenge was um, with, with regards to real estate and having a special needs child. I think mine just in general, I don't know if it's, it doesn't really pertain to special needs. I think it's a struggle for everyone, but it's just care. You know, like trying, we all know that, especially now with being a seller's market and being, you know, like there's no houses and when it comes on, like you, you, you can't wait till Friday when you have a sitter or, yeah. you know, and, um, you know, you have it towed along. Yeah, unfortunately, but, you know, I am very clear that he is not patient. He is not, you know, whatever. If there's any kind of wild, crazy, his, his, his whole struggle is sensory stuff. So if there's yeah. anything crazy going on, it, it, you know, it, it's not, it's not going to be a very calming uh, house tour. You know, so, and I, and I can't just, you know, hey, go hang out at, you know, so-and-so's house for 30 minutes, or so, um, you know, my husband and I used to own a uh, charter fishing business still back in Alaska. Um, thankfully, this is the second summer that he's going to be home, but I was a single, single mom for five months while he was gone, and it is that a challenge of a, of a special needs? I mean, Kind of, but like everybody has that challenge, you know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, I think it's just exacerbated by the fact that, you know, like I said, I can't hey, go hang with the neighbor for 30 minutes, or, uh, and now he's almost 12, so, you know, that typically is the age where they're okay, you yeah. know, for 30 minutes and an hour, and they're right. at home, you know, text me if anything happens, that kind of stuff, that, that just I don't have the luxury of having. So I mean, that, that was my biggest, biggest. You know, struggle. Yeah, same, I'm very similar, just structuring your time, you know, being able to, and that guilt, just like you were saying, like, if I have to run out, you know, it's oh, I, just being away and feeling like I'm dropping everything to just run and, um, and missing, like I've had, admittedly, I've had to miss things that I really didn't want to miss, um, but I, I think just balancing your time, and again, just with any child too, it's kind of the same. But but almost too with the getting, helping getting them ready, doing all those things aside from getting yourself ready. So you have to plan for. Okay, I need to make sure she has her clothes on straight, or she always puts her shoes on backwards. We always have to, but you know, doing all those things, preparing her, and getting myself ready at the same time yeah. is a big is a big challenge. So. Same with me, just time management and. And um, balancing everything like that—that's that's a challenge, yeah. you know. Because Maggie's the same way, you know. She um, she needs me for toileting and for bathing and and for eating and for everything. Mm -hmm. So um, being able to, luckily, Maggie has older siblings that are have been phenomenal and are able to help me out. But you know, now my oldest is working and. You know, driving, and she's got a life, and I also don't want to pull her away from being a 16-year-old girl and having fun and going out with her friends, and um, and so the challenge of, of just time management and being like, okay, I've got to show houses tomorrow, so if I got to stay up till midnight to, you know, chart out my day and plan everything out, then that's what I got to do, you know, um, and then it's that like that mom guilt.
just gross. We all need to just cast it off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Give yourself two minutes and then That's get, rid right. of it. get rid okay. of it. That's hard. Um, I'm going to apologize to anyone else who asked questions. You can reach out to these ladies individually. But I have more stuff I just really quickly want to go over that I just remembered. Because um, I think it's such a huge lesson. When I was talking, now that I look back on it, I know it's true for both of you too, but when I was talking with Shamra in particular, she was sharing with me um, how difficult it was to go through the processes, um, such as the applications or whatever you have to do to get the kinds of services that you now enjoy. And she was sharing with me how labor intensive that was and how much aggravation and work and whatever, but that then she said, but I'm so glad I did that because now I'm enjoying the fruits of that process. Mm -hmm. And I thought, oh my gosh, there could not be a better um, illustration of anything in life. It's like you can apply that to real estate, get your database into a, a system. Yeah, it's a lot of work up front and it takes discipline and you have to yeah. attend to all the details, but then you enjoy the fruits of it after. Or I was talking to Barbie King this morning and she was talking about the pain of, uh, it was simple, but it was hard to get all these Popeye gifts ready uh, so that she could be faithful and to, 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 but then she gets the fruits of her labor. So you guys are so encouraging, um, your tenacity and your spirit. And I, I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for being vulnerable and open for this audience. Haven't they been great? So what we always like to say, if you could give one piece of advice to our audience, what would it be? So whoever wants to start. Um, I guess, well, first of all, with, when it comes to the systems and the applications, if you are a mom out there and you are have a special needs child and you are in this industry and you don't know where to start, like I said, I sit on the board of directors. Southwest Human Development is a nonprofit, and they um, work with, with zero to five, and they're phenomenal. They will help you do all of that. So reach out to me or look them up, Southwest Human Development. They're phenomenal. So um, I think that my advice to all the moms, not just the moms with special needs kids, but um, is there are moments when we break down and we just can't, there's so much. Like, um, we may appear strong and we've got, wow, they've got to put together with, with the challenges, but we don't. Like, there's days where, um, I was telling Angela, like, a few weeks ago, I had a client that was just awful. He <laughs> was so bad. And I came at a time where um, we've been dealing with some stuff with Maggie um, medically that now it's a brand new thing that we're dealing with right now that's pretty, pretty big. And... Um, I just, I hit a wall and I literally, I haven't done this in forever, but I literally went into my bed and pulled the covers over my head and cried and cried and I was just like, I just want to, I just, I just want, I just want to go away. I just don't want to deal with anything anymore. And there's just those moments where we have that, you know, and I think we need to give ourselves the grace to get through those moments and to say, it's okay. You know, we're not like we are, we're all super moms. If we can, um, have a business. Um, whether it's, you know, $8 million, $4 million, a million dollars. If you have a business you're building, you're creating a legacy for yourself and for your children, and your children are seeing that even though you are a mom and that's the most important thing in your world, um, then you also have this thing for yourself, and it's beautiful, and it belongs to you, and you're proud of it. And um, but give yourself that grace every single day. And when you fail, guess what? Tomorrow's a brand new day. We need to start over. Um, and we get to change our perspective. So today we have a crappy perspective. Mm -hmm. um, we have a crappy day and a crappy client, 
we can just say, okay, tomorrow's a brand new day, and I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna rock today the best I can. So get out of the ick. Mm -hmm. and get out of the ick. Get out of the ick. Get a shirt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> get out of the ick. Change your heart as best as you can, and just move forward. Good advice. I would say that advocacy thing is huge. Um, when I was in Washington, it, we were just on waitlist, waitlist, waitlist to get things. And as soon as I got here, applied, and it was like everything just went. Um, so even now, like I've had clients that I've been able to help, and I think that's like so rewarding. You know, telling them about all these different things that are going, like we were talking about earlier. You know, just all of the different. Um, things that are out there for them to, to help and keep them involved and growing. And so I think just being an advocate for your child and just keeping them involved and helping others too, you know, so. For sure, that, that model of advocacy is 100% key. And, um, you know, for me, I get, I get a, like, I don't know, frustrated or like, or this is not the right word, but like, don't don't you dare feel sorry for me, right? You know what I mean? Like, don't you dare feel like I'm less than or oh, poor her and her her kiddos or whatever. You can better believe that I'm gonna bust my booty and my tail for whatever I have to do so I can provide things for him that we couldn't in Alaska and that we, you know. <sighs> services here and um, you know maybe my struggles are different but everybody has struggles and everybody is dealing with something and oh I've had my cover days and mm -hmm. so um, just the fact that our life is so different here and it's like like I said this is the year second year where we sold business my husband is here like you better believe I'm gonna make sure that, that there's nothing changing that. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, and you have so much gratitude And about so that. much, and it's just like, it's surreal to me. Yeah. And so don't you dare feel sorry for me. Don't you dare feel like, oh my gosh, poor her. Oh, you know, how her life would be different and things like that. Like, my little boy is amazing. Yeah. And so I think that's like my biggest, you know. Because um, I think when people do look at us like, like I said, like high school sweethearts, we did everything right, and it's like, well, there's that one thing that just didn't, you know, fit in everything, and yeah, um, cast that off. yeah, right. It's like, mm -mm. what well, really is that these children, like, um, they make us better. I mean, um, we like there. People have said to me, oh, you're that's so amazing that you that you're 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 amazing. You're such an amazing mom. And I'm like, oh no no no, like <laughs> she she makes us amazing. Like she having having that um, challenge has been the best thing that's ever happened to us because it gives us like every milestone is so beautiful. And as a mom, you know, when your kid takes their first walk or they say mama or whatever, it's like, yay, but when we get that, it's yeah. like yes. like my doctor said, if Maggie doesn't speak by the time she's five, she'll never speak. And five years in one month she said mama. And believe me. When that happened, like my whole my whole world changed, yeah. you know. So it's those milestones that just they just make us, you know, better, you know. I call it like we're almost in like a little private club. We have our own little special club, you know. <laughs> it's just that connection, just sitting yeah. here talking to you guys about, you know, 
all the things that we um, have to have to go through and, and just the different things out there. It's just a little private club. What a, what a blessing. <laughs> you guys, this is exactly what we want Moms in Real Estate to be about. It's just finding other women to encourage, empower, educate, and to love on each other and to just have those connections that you may not have had. So I'm bubbling over with joy right now. <laughs> And again, thank you, Diane and April. We really appreciate your support. You're so pretty. Thank you. <laughs>